Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Uh, we spent the pre-show kind of venting pre-show stuff. A little bit. Little a little bit. bit. <laughs> but I saved one for the beginning of the show. Now, I wanted to do this fresh. I didn't prepare you in any way. So it's Black Friday, right? Uh, well, soon. Black Friday is kind of like five days really it's not just friday it's like thursday to monday yeah it like started off as just friday because it's like the day between their thanksgiving holiday and the weekend mm -hmm. so it was kind of this like stranded day that everyone just gets off anyways it's like bonus holiday where mm -hmm. it's like you get you get the time off but nobody really has anything to do right because all your big dinners are on the thursday and football. It was weird. I was at a restaurant today and I was like, why is there football on? And I realized, oh, right. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving eh, in the States. But um, with Black Friday coming up, obviously all the deals have popped up. And, you know, I w we were joking, what's our news going to be this week? And I said, well, we can just yell that everything's on sale because, I mean, it is. Um, but a deal popped up. Now, last year, if you recall, I ended up picking up an Xbox One X on Boxing Day through a trade-in deal, uh, right. which was pretty good. And then I saw one pop up for the PS4 Pro. So my question is, I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, ooh, I could do this again, get newer hardware that is then worth more for future trade-ins as opposed to the launch title or the launch PS4, which is just either A, going to die or B, become worthless once the PS5 comes out. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself like, oh, I could do this. I could, you know, trade it in. And I think it brings it down. Well, originally it was a deal. And then it was like, oh, no, the deal is for the PS4 Slim. But then I found out, oh, no, it's not really a deal. It's just it's just advertising the, the PS4 Pro discounted bundle, which I think is 369 Canadian. Um, OK, what is it? What is the bundle come with? Uh, I throw and then because normally there's a game, right? I think I, I called the, uh, you know, EB games and said like, what? Oh, this was the worst. I hate I, I love and hate EB games. But depending on who you <laughs> get, I called them up and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking of trading in my PS4 towards the PS4 Pro, taking advantage of the Black Friday stuff. Um, I just wanted to know which bundles you had in stock, because, again, I would need their the PS4 Pro to be there in order to get. And he's like, OK, let me. uh what are you looking for? PS4? Yeah, I've got this uh, PS4 Slim uh, with... Uh, <laughs> I got Uncharted 4, uh, Horizon, and um, uh, what's this? You know, so, uh, there's, I don't know, there's some robot on this. Yeah, there's a robot game. I'm there's like, some robot game. I'm like, Thanks, dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> and this is my biggest issue with EB Games is that Amazon can can talk down just as well to people who who may not know this information. I think the reason you want a knowledgeable knowledgeable person on the other end is so that when folks like my parents go to buy a game, like that's where it, they would that's where they would hit the struggles. They would go to a a game store when we were kids to buy something, and you know, thankfully they never did, but could honestly come back with something that they really weren't looking to buy or wasn't compatible, like. It was just, but I had to like say to him, I was like, no, no, no. I want to know like which PS4 Pros you have. And he's like, ah, okay, well, I'll search again. And I'm like, yeah, it's a different item, man. Just search yeah. again. <laughs> so he searches again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, I've got the PS4 Pro. And anyways, long story short, I've also got uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare bundle. And I'm like, okay, 
So essentially what it comes down to is Jocelyn. Like, and just hot take, do I trade in my PS4 launch to get like $160 off this like $369 bundle? And I was also thinking of trading in a couple other games because there's some some wheeling and dealing there that I could probably do to get the, the amount down. But essentially spending maybe like 150 bucks for a PS4 Pro and possibly Call of Duty Modern Warfare just thrown in for free, thinking that I would then have something you know, more up to par with maybe some of the later offerings that we're going to get from the PS4, like Last of Us Part 2, Ghosts of uh, Tsunami, or it's just, I don't know what it's called, actually, the Samurai game. But I don't know, I'm kind of torn. I'm like, I'm not really playing my PS4 a whole lot. Um, probably not playing a lot of games a whole lot, but I don't know, I'm kind of torn. I kind of want someone to just say no, but I want to know exactly what you, like, I kind of want to know where you're thinking. Well, I mean, you're right. Okay, so this is going to be the most you're ever going to get for a trade-in on a base PS4, right? Mm -hmm. Because right now it's like one generation-ish or half a generation behind the current offering, right? So this is the most value you're ever going to get out of that. If you take your PS4 Pro and try to trade it in for a 5, they're going to be like, okay, we'll give you 50 bucks, right? So I think if you ever want to trade it in, this is probably the time you're going to get the most out of it. Personally, I don't have a lot of interest in Call of Duty. I tried Call of Duty again last year and ended up getting a refund on it because I was just like, this is not my jam. Sure. So I w personally, I wouldn't go for that bundle if there was another bundle with a game that I hadn't tried. Like if there was like, well, I guess we, we do have it now. I was going to say God of War. But hmm. I mean, if there was like a bundle with a game that was a PlayStation exclusive that I really wanted to try... Maybe I'd consider this trade-in because, I mean, you're essentially paying $150 for a better gaming experience until the 5 comes out. And then when the 5 comes out, would you trade in your Pro? I mean, that's essentially, I guess, the thinking. Because here's the thing. like, Because um, I don't trade in consoles. Like, I know you trade in consoles. I don't. I keep I, everything. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I normally don't. Here's the thing, like me trading in my Xbox One that I originally got uh, a year after launch for an Xbox One X, it's still an Xbox One. If I were to then trade in that Xbox One for for Project Scarlet, then yeah, that would be m deep down my thinking that I'm trading in a piece of hardware. But then both companies have come forward saying backwards compatibility is key. So there's really no need to have both right because they all yeah as long as you're able to play your four games on your five or your one games on your scarlet then i think then you, you there's no reason to keep it like previously you had to keep uh consoles because there was no way to play the games otherwise right mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we're getting into a world where you don't necessarily have to keep the old one in which case i would say definitely do a trade-in because then you're going to get you know somewhere between 150 to 200 dollars for your playstation now it's going to translate into another 150 to 200 dollars if not more when you trade in your ps4 pro for the five in a year yeah that's basically what you're playing what you're paying for right you're paying 150 dollars to have a better gaming experience in 2020 while you wait for the five to come out yeah and if you do the upgrade then you're going to be able to uh save some money when the five comes out because the five is something you know you're going to buy so if you don't trade in your ps4 essentially you are going to lose some money on that trade-in value right so yeah the, the, I but think... you're also you're paying some money now right so yeah mm -hmm. 
I, I think it's not like it makes it free. No, <laughs> you don't just get no. to swap. I don't know. So. It's it's getting close. Uh, it's getting close, but it's definitely not free. Um, at some point, I'm trading in, you know, pieces of uh, of hardware and video games in order to bring the cost down. But again, like I think for for my specific use, I I don't play as many video games as much as I do uh, as much as I used to. But having a piece of hardware to play it at its at its intended level because that's something you and i have noted and we're going to talk about it a bit with star wars today um in that a lot of games target the higher hardware uh yes yeah and and i mean with last of us part two i, I mean i love that series so much i might be willing to bump not four hundred dollars don't get me wrong i'm not going out and gonna buy like a four hundred dollar piece of hardware for a game that i then have right. to buy but uh yeah. I'm... Well, so basically what you're going to be doing is you're going to be spending about $150 now mm-hmm. in order to basically get about a hundred extra dollars off of the five. Right. And then because you're uh, otherwise you would only get, you know, about probably 50 to a hundred dollars off with your um, PlayStation four trade in like the pro, I think, is, is going to make a big difference in how much money you get off of the five, which, you know, you're going to spend. Right. And then so you just have to figure out what that difference is there. So if you're, you know, essentially spending between 50 and 100 dollars now for the PS4 Pro, is the upgraded experience for you playing Last of Us worth that 50 to 100 dollars? That's essentially what you're paying for is that technological bump to play the game that you want to play. And then you know it, so is is it worth like if for instance like let's say it was not hardware let's say there was two versions of the game like let's say last of us came out and there was like a standard definition and a high definition version and the the standard definition version cost you 80 bucks and the high definition version cost you 120 or 150 right then would you pay $150 to play HD Last of Us or would you stick with the standard definition because it was cheaper? I would probably get the high high definition one. So if you would pay for the HD version that's essentially (laughs) what we're talking about here is you know better performance better graphics everything else I would say do the trade-in because you know a game that you love from a franchise you love is coming and it's worth it to you to have that better prettier experience mm-hmm. i would i would say update because you know last of us 2 is coming if we didn't know or if that wasn't coming if there was a horizon 2 coming i would definitely be doing the same thing for me i still haven't even played original last of us i'm not really invested in that franchise it's not my jam as far as i know like i know it's just one of those oh you've never played it you have to play it i literally own it and i've never played it that's how disinterested in last of us i am it's pro- probably so, it that can, it's a weird one uh it's hard to recommend but i think those who played it and enjoyed it really loved it and those who played it and didn't like it really didn't it the combat <laughs> uh you know strikes out um has probably the toughest part of it to enjoy uh, which is a good chunk of the the game, so uh, yeah. that should pretty much and, you know. And fair enough. Like I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't a commentary on Last no, of Us no, and no. W- or anything, but I'm just saying. Like I know how much you like that franchise. I know how much you love that game, and you're looking forward to two. If like the equivalent to me would be something in the Horizon series, and if there was a Horizon coming out in 2020, then I would probably do this upgrade. But for me, I don't have anything that's really pushing me into the pro like into do this trade-in or whatever i'm just gonna wait for the five because there's nothing in 2020 that's really like oh my god i need to play that 
in an I need to spend money to get the better experience. Like there's nothing for me, yeah. but that doesn't mean there's nothing for you. For you, I think this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know anymore now. Now that I'm thinking about it, like maybe <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you wanted me to just say no and no, here I am saying yes. <laughs> I, I think I think you're you're making the same points I am and and personally here's what what it comes right down to is that I if I had more time I would happily skip on the PS4 Pro and just buy more games and play them. But because I'm only I'm buying less and less games and having less and less time, I'd almost rather invest in the hardware to play the game the, the way it's meant to be played when I'm playing one game instead of five, let's say. That's how much yeah. it's, it's decreased. And then there are other options in terms of consoles and stuff. But but you're right. Like the After this deal, the PS4 is only going to get lesser in value. And, and even mm-hmm. then, the Slim is $40 uh, more value f- uh, seen by EB Games. So it's... Um, it's only gonna, and then it'll be worthless essentially. Like once the PS5 launches, well, yeah, that's the what PS4 I mean. Once will the be PS5, worthless. Yeah, because then it's two generations back, right? Yeah. So right now you've got the PS4 Pro, which is the new hotness, and then you've got the PS4 right behind that. But then once you get the five out, then the PS4 is is two iterations of hardware behind now. So then in terms of tech you're gonna get it's it's like a car right like <laughs> the older the car gets it's just like it's not even worth half the value of the of the new one anymore like so i just i feel like it's gonna be old enough that they're not going to be able to necessarily sell it which means yeah. the value of it is going to go way way down so you're gonna get the most out of it right now and if you can get like 150 or 200 dollars for that piece of hardware it's the best trade-in deal you're ever going to get. And you can kind of transfer that trade-in value into the PS4 Pro because it's going to have the same relationship that the PS4 and PS4 Pro have now. It's going to have that same relationship to the 5 when it comes out. So you're going to be able to essentially like pass that value through your transactions. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and I'm, then I... you'll get a big deal on the on the 5, which you know and I know we're both going to buy. So yeah, At some point. Yeah. Like, I think, you might uh... as well get your money back for the ps4 now while it still has value yeah and i mean to be perfectly honest the only reason we're talking about this is because it popped up as a deal and then my brain went oh i could do that again and it worked it 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 paid off with the xbox one x because again i, it, I paid a little bit more than i would than i would be for the ps4 pro but it is a higher bump plus it has a blu-ray player a 4k blu-ray player that's the way i sold it i was essentially like we don't have anything that plays 4k content besides the tv we got so we might as well get this so we can watch like high res or high uh, 4k movies right and that was the the big kicker and then game pass came along and that was a whole year of xbox exclusives but then you look at the ps4 and and this is literally the year for both consoles fairly enough uh, where they're going to be limping across the finish line to holiday 2020. <laughs> um, but, you know, you look at Microsoft and they're talking about, you know, Halo Infinite being on both Xbox One and Scarlet. Uh, Sony has literally made none of their plans public in terms of games, which is a little alarming. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe they just want to maybe they want to keep it a little bit quiet. Maybe they I, just want the the like, oh, my God, look what's ready um because i mean we've well i mean death stranding is probably the best example i can think of in recent years where like we had no idea what that thing even was but they were hyping it 
for years and years and years before it was actually ready, before it was coming out. And I mean, like, it's not that I obviously it's getting game of the year nomination, so I'm not going to say that it flopped or anything, <laughs> but it's it's the kind of game that it was just kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> and there was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement around it. And it's like, but if they had just announced it at like this E3 and been like coming this holiday season, a new game from Kojima and it stars that dude from Walking Dead that you all love, like, you know, the, the hype would have been through the roof. And it's just like, whereas dragging it out forever, I think has it has a negative impact on the on the excitement for things. So maybe Sony's just thinking the way that I think. And they're like, you know what? If we just keep our plans quiet, a lot of people are probably already going to buy or are considering at least the the PlayStation. If we wait until six months before launch and then go, and we're going to do Last of Us 3 and we're going to do Horizon 2 and we're going to bring out another God of War and they're all going to be available in six months. People's mm. minds would explode. And then <laughs> so, I would definitely buy a PS5. Uh, I think there's something about, I think there's something to be said for uh, keeping things like under wraps and, and kind of giving you the, and it's available next week. Like that's, mm. that's so exciting. So and, I think that there's a lot of PlayStation properties that are proven that they can just say the next iteration of that franchise is coming and people will be excited. Yeah. It's also a great way to trick me into buying a PS4 Pro a year before the new consoles come out, which I right? realize. Well, uh, and that's the other thing too, right? Yeah. Even if you decide on launch you that they don't have the games that you want and the PlayStation 5 isn't for you, you've still got the PlayStation Pro, which is going to play all the games that you want it to play very, very well. And if there's nothing in the PlayStation universe that's working for you, then just hold off and then maybe you'll get a really cool bundle deal in holiday 2021 and that's when you trade in your pro. I don't really think, given that Last of Us 2 is coming out, that you can go wrong with a trade-in right now of your PlayStation 4 to the pro. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, no, I, or maybe I should say sorry, Ashley. <laughs> no, she she was uh, she's supportive. She's kind of because I'm also thinking of like trading in some games and stuff because they're just they're either sitting there. I can get all my value back for the for the game we're going to talk about next. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm still unsure. I'll, I'll post this and people will probably you know comment. Um, and the thing is, like, I have an embarrassment of, of riches in terms of the platforms I have access to. I'm very lucky. Uh, so at the end of the day, I haven't been touching the PS4 because I've had access to the Xbox one and I've access to my PC. So I don't know. Um, but you're right. Come last of us. I might be thinking like, man, I wish, I wish I could a wait for the PS5 to play this. I know I won't be able to wait or B (laughs) had picked up that pro. Why hadn't I listened to Jocelyn? Um, we'll see. I will keep everybody in the loop, and I mean, obviously, whatever I decide, I'll report back next week, or or in the Discord, for that matter, um, if you want a heads up. But yeah, that was my conundrum. It took uh, 20 minutes to talk through. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this is, that's been my day. Like, since this morning, I saw it. It's like, oh, man, I got to be at the office, like, right at 8 o'clock. But I just saw this thing that's going to tear my mind apart for the next six hours, because <laughs> that's how my brain works. It's just constantly trying to, like, fit the Tetris pieces in so I can get this thing. And then I don't even think about how much time I have. Um, But I want to jump into Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order specifically because of a feature that um, I'd not experienced before, which is performance mode. Um, 
in I'm playing on Xbox One X. And this is something we've talked about in the past where, you know, we wish there would be graphical settings on the console. You know, if it wasn't performing as well, you could kind of trim it back to get more performance. Um, And that's something that's available on the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. Some of these games support sort of a a toggle, so to speak, uh, graphical settings. But it's essentially just a a toggle. So it's performance mode. (laughs) And I played through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order about 10 hours with just the the default settings, which I think is like 4K, 30 frames per second, um, which is, you know, as a console gamer, I'm used to them spitting 30 frames per second and just trying to to give me the nicest looking game possible at 30 frames per second i think a lot of pc gamers hear 30 frames per second and they vomit in their mouth but uh you know for me as a console gamer 30s i but uh but then i saw this performance mode and i was thinking you know what what is this i'm gonna check this out so i i flip the toggle and it's like basically what it does is it turns the game to to 1080p but 60 frames per second, and I'm playing it on a 4K television, so it, the television upscales it to a certain extent, uh, and it's night and day. <laughs> I mean, surprising no one, 30 frames per second after playing at 30 frames per second for so long, it's uh, it's a very different experience, especially for a game like Jedi Fallen Order, which is a, which is a Dark Souls-style sort of combat type where blocking and parrying and dodging at the precise right moment is is critical. So at 60 frames per second you you're getting more of the images more of the imagery so you can kind of pre- you know precisely dodge and and stuff right, but yeah. But yeah, it, it uh in terms of a performance mode I think that's the first time I've experienced sort of um outside of just a game spitting out more graphics because it's on the Xbox One X. Uh this has been more of like a you know, we've we've tuned it so we hit a specific target, which is 1080p, 60 frames per second, and it was it it still looked great, obviously because I mean 1080p still looks really good, and uh, the 60 frames really really made it pop. It made it feel like I was playing it on a PC. You know, honestly, because that's where I'm I experience most of my high frame rates. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Like, is this something? Like, obviously, we won't be able to experience this with the PS5. Uh, or Project Scarlet, because they'll probably go back to a baseline where they're just spitting out the the best looking product they can. But do you do you, like as a PC gamer? Do you feel like you would want to experiment a bit with like it's a little late in the generation? But is this something that you were you would be interested in? Like Fallen Order specifically? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh, performance mode stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I I have literally no interest in Fallen Order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm I'm talking performance performance mode. I mean, well, you kind of already get that on PC, right? Because so many things can be tweaked. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would like the the option for sure on on more consoles to to turn things down specifically because I mean, I'm thinking of Days Gone that I just played that had a lot of times where it was like oh, yeah, I'm driving down this seemingly empty road, but then all of a sudden, spoiler alert, you're in the middle of a horde. It just hasn't, lo- like, loaded in yet. <laughs> you know, so uh, to turn to turn some, like, things down in order to make it play better, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I would definitely like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was just really, uh, it was an interesting sort of experience. I'd never experienced anything like that sort of on consoles, and uh, it almost felt like cheating, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> uh, cheating in the sense that it was like, man, this is really incredible. And and honestly, a really cool way to experience 
um, these games. And it feels like in terms of advertising, it feels like mostly the third party games have this sort of toggle. Um, I could be wrong on that front, but uh, I've only really heard of it. Like I think Shadow of the Tomb Raider had it on Xbox um, and, and now Jedi Fallen Order. But but, you know, we talked a little bit about Star Wars last week, uh, the, the new game. And, and yes, we established that, you know, Star Wars isn't your thing. You're not really interested in this for the reasons we already discussed in terms of it being like Dark Souls style combat, style progression, um, not progression, but um, sort of save points. We are coming up to these, you know, meditation points and stuff. But for me, I think there were some there were some really key moments where the combat got really frustrating. But then there were also there were more moments where I started it started to click with me in terms of um, remembering to block as opposed to just trying to dodge all the time. Like mm. there were enemies where for me the way I was playing, if if it, if an enemy came at me and they had some sort of lightsaber-esque weapon, um, I would block. And that's the only time I would block. If an enemy was coming at me like just a like a monster and attacking me with their fists, I would dodge. To me, that made the most sense because and I guess I was taking it too seriously. You know, like how lightsabers are a real thing, right? Um, I was I was dodging when monsters were coming at me as opposed to blocking, thinking, well, if I block, they're just going to still punch me because it's just a light saber but or <laughs> wouldn't you if you blocked with a lightsaber and they tried to punch it wouldn't it like cut their arm in half <laughs> that you would think so but that's the thing that doesn't happen so then i started no. blocking more so as you block the monsters when you block them um blocking opens them up and again this is going to be no no surprise to folks that have played a lot of dark souls game games when you block them they uh if you block them and time it correctly you can sort of stun them and then do a follow-up attack with more damage um so you open up their defenses to be able to you know get in there and sort of wave your lightsaber around do some damage um and uh that's where it sort of started to roll over for me in terms of the combat not quite clicking and then and it really was user error it was just me not really thinking or paying close enough attention to what the game was wanting me to do, which was block more. Um, I'm a terrible blocker. Any game, mm. just bad at it. I'm not good at blocking or timing blocks. Um, but, you know, I, I think I progressed through the game enough where if I was stumbling with some sub-bosses that I mentioned, I'd come back and I'd take them out. But really, for me, the, the key point that I really enjoyed, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I appreciate Star Wars, and I especially appreciate, like, well done star wars so i'm not necessarily and again i don't want to upset anyone but i'm not i mean like mainline movies the first time i ever really got into a tv show was with the mandalorian and then i like i like their video games for the most part but uh i'm not into like the cartoons and stuff but this one i feel they're telling a really cool story it's in a really cool you know um setting between uh right after three and then leading in not leading into four but you know right after three after the you know the jedi purge and order 66 all that fun stuff um and they really do a, a good job at sort of tying into the movies without really just ham-fisting it i think i was talking to you know crofton about this with the movies where in this game you're it's telling its own story but as you're like moving forward in the story 
you'll slowly you'll find you know a familiar face kind of pop in for a couple chapters and you know you wave at them and they wave back and then they go on their way and you go on your way and then you don't see them again and and that's that was sort of both the cool thing and sort of unfortunate thing because it did feel kind of cheesy in that these these people who clearly are from the movies would just kind of show up and yeah. uh and you'd be like oh man i remember that guy i hope he sticks no he's gone he's just <laughs> he's just there to sort of like you know uh remind to- you that he is or that this fits in with the canon of the movie universe <laughs> exactly yeah and and there's some stuff in here that i don't i didn't know was a was a real star wars thing like there's they they throw in what feels to me like a lot of like the extended stuff that they either throw threw away or or relegated to the cartoons again i'm not a huge star wars person so there's some specific things that pop up it's like oh i didn't i thought they got rid of that like you know force witches or something like i i didn't realize that was still a real or is a thing to be honest they just sort of pop up out of nowhere and i'm like okay interesting (laughs) (laughs) but as a star as a you know general star wars fan like i don't know anything about that so it was kind of out of left field but maybe there are some really hardcore star wars fans that are like oh my god finally force witches yeah i i remember i vaguely remember because i watched the the clone wars so Mm -hmm. i vaguely remember some parts about that but um not too too much it's also been a long time since i watched that cartoon so but it's funny you say that you're not into like the cartoons that you're into the movies and whatever the movies never really ref um resonated with me but i i did really like the clone wars uh, tv show mm-hmm. uh there were like it was a little bit of a rough start but it kind of grew into came into its own and and i really liked some of the stories although not the droid episodes just skip those the droid if it starts episodes? off to just be a droid episode just skip it <laughs> there's Why? nothing of use in there what's a droid they literally episode? did episodes of just like c-3po and and an r2 and obviously r2 doesn't really talk talk so it's just like a c-3po episode and they never amount to anything and they're just really annoying to watch and just if you see a droid episode just skip it <laughs> okay i'll keep that in mind but but yeah no i really like the the clone wars but yeah they play um, they play a lot into the clone wars specifically you know related to order uh 66 or whatever and the purge of uh whatnot Mm -hmm. and they and again they talk a lot of like so with the force witches they talk about you know their kind being wiped out in the clone wars and that sort of thing and they it 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 has a very much a you know a darker tone to it this game um which makes sense it was after you know an entire you know uh you know all the jedis were, were taken out except for obviously the a couple of key ones including our main character you know, it's, it seems really relevant. How uh, convenient. <laughs> yeah, he, he just happened to survive. Uh, I mean, there's probably another game coming out in the near future where, oh, wait, there was one other one that survived. <laughs> uh, oh, no, wait, one other one. And I swear, this is the last one, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of a couple of things, the story was really interesting. It kind of ends really abruptly. And that's where I was kind of a little bummed. Um, mm. It just kind of ends. And I'm like, oh. But I mean, I get, but it ends in a way where it's like they got what they needed. And that was the whole point of the game is they were trying to get this very specific thing and they got it. And I was like, well, I guess that's the end. And I was kind of hoping it wouldn't be the end, but it was. So it's just like, it just ends on not a so cliffhanger. It's just like, yay, we did it, guys. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, like, I don't think, I don't think this is a spoiler, but it ends with, you know, uh, a character say, what do we do next? Credits. It's like, what? <laughs> uh like i get it it's cute um 
it it really sets up it's the sequel. It's so tropey. <laughs> it's kind of tropey, but it fits within, you know, Star Wars is kind of cheesy, right? It's like, super cheesy, yeah. So it fits in that. I mean, at least they didn't freeze frame and jump at the same time. <laughs> that would have been probably. We did it! <laughs> what do we do next? Yeah. And they jump and then it roll credits. <laughs> um, I, I actually kind of want to see that now. Uh, <laughs> but I am excited if they, I hope they get to do a sequel. Like, it's very... It's very. It seems to be getting quite favorable reviews from a lot of people. I mm. mean, me personally, I found I didn't actually play it, but I my husband played it and finished it within like the first week, and uh, so I anytime I would walk by and see him playing, the world looked pretty but empty to me. And I mean, if you guys have heard me talk about Zelda, obviously, and that was one of my big things about Breath of the Wild is like. There was just too much wild, not enough lived in. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how I thought Fallen Order looked. But again, I didn't play it. So it could just be. But it did seem a little bit empty to me, like really cool environments, but not a lot going on. There were there are certain areas. uh, And I think the so the story in terms of the story, it fits in with the story in a little bit where. You know, the Empire has just taken over. The The planets you're visiting have been, um, have, have, are being subjugated by the Empire. So there's a lot of Empire enemies. There's a lot of wildlife. Um, not a lot of NPCs. You do come across M- NPCs in sort of like set areas. But yeah, you're right. There's not a lot going on. Very tight corridors. Uh, when it does open up, there's a, there's a very specific open area where there's this crash site from uh, the Clone Wars. There's this ship that's crashed, and there's maybe two enemies, three enemies in this entire huge area. They're very spread out. So I, but that goes back to sort of the Dark Souls, and um, even God of War had this a little bit. Although I felt God of War was a little better tuned, uh, in the sense of it didn't feel as sparse. But this is a type of, I guess, this is a type of game design where it's not about the world feeling very populated. It's more about. Um, arena to arena you know Mm. enemy to enemy type thing but there were really but that's the other thing too when you when you were overwhelmed that's where the game got most frustrating uh because you you your your blocks you only have a limited number of blocks so when you're holding the block button if you're not timing it right um you can easily get overwhelmed because the enemies just hit you three or four times and then your block sort of meter depletes and then and then suddenly you're taking damage right you're not you're unable to block uh, that's where you know dodging and roll away, rolling away really helps. But I didn't feel super powerful until maybe three quarters of the way through the game, where when I did dodge it out of the way, I had options to take out these bad guys, as opposed to just being like, "Well, time to block and slash a little bit more." Um, but you're right; it, it did feel a little sparse in areas. But I feel like that's part of the design, and I know that's not something that that's something that you've you know labeled as a it's a criticism for sure. Like it's. It's a design choice. Well, yeah, it's that... not. It's it's a design choice that I don't like exactly. as, a, as a player. Like I want to, uh, even if they're not creatures I can actually interact with, I still like when my worlds are populated and things aren't just empty. Like if I have to, if I'm running for twenty seconds and I don't see anything else moving in the world, it's really off-putting for me. Yeah, this this one does a little bit more to to populate certain areas but there are like traversal sections where you're not going to run into anything there are puzzle rooms where there's no enemies it's just the puzzle room. yeah yeah and i i understand that but like i i don't know exactly where where matt was or what he was doing but 
it was like this barren like rock type area so everything was kind of like yellows and oranges and golds yeah and then um he did have to like run sideways like do like a wall run or something at one point but other than that it was just like just this barren rock and yeah, so there Dar- wasn't even Darthamir like maybe yeah and so there wasn't even like there were no enemies there was no wildlife there was no vegetation and i was just kind of like oh man like this is the this is super off-putting for me like to watch you running through this area i'm just like oh gross like that why? one <laughs> that one definitely felt the 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 least um the weakest out of all the planets yeah, so i just so i just you... happened to randomly watch him play like five minutes on the weakest planet yeah. so it's not really representative of the game as a whole my yeah my favorite was uh kashik because it's the it's the planet of the wookies uh you get your first sort of movie cameo and this isn't a spoiler because it was unveiled at uh, e3 but you get saw guerrera i think mm-hmm. uh forrest uh Whit- whitaker uh that actor from rogue one uh, he and he's from uh, Rebel Wars or whatever the second <laughs> cartoon was for Star Wars. Um, I think Rebels, yeah, Star yeah, Wars Rebels, Rebel Wars. Yeah. It's not Rebel Wars. No, it's okay. just just Rebels. <laughs> well, I think they should add wars to everything. Clone Wars, Obviously. Rebel Wars, uh, missed opportunity. Um, anyways, uh, that one was my favorite because you get jungle, you get wildlife, you get the Empire, so you can traverse from jungle to sort of Empire style uh you know trappings like fortresses and stuff you get to fight like adats or well actually you do you get to fight adats and atsts uh there are a bunch of wookies too it's just that's my favorite one that one's really good and i guess when i finished the game that was my biggest thing is that there were there weren't more areas to explore because i was pretty sort of um uh, I was uh, very thorough in, in sort of exploring. So when I finish the game and it boots you back in, it's like, hey, go explore. And I'm like, I'm at like 90 to 95% of all these planets, unless I want to go back and just kind of run around, which I don't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So I had finished the game and I was like, eh, I wish there was a little bit more, but I did really dig the exploration and, you know, getting more powers. It felt it through new powers to you, either through your force powers or through, uh, the droid unlocking cool stuff. And, you know, there'd be areas you'd come to where it's like, how do I even get up there? And then you'd find an upgrade where your droid can now make you zip line up lines as opposed to just going down them. It's like, okay, now I have all these other options. So that was probably my favorite part outside of the story and characters and music was just, getting new powers and remembering all these cool areas that i wasn't able to access but again by the end of the game it it was pretty complete Uh, there was uh, which you know makes sense but i wish there was a little bit more for sure Mm. well speaking of more yeah (laughs) a game that had about 50 endings and reminded me of lord of the rings was pokemon i got the live uh posts from you (laughs) Yeah, I honestly, I thought I was done about like 10 hours before I actually finished the game. It was crazy. Um, and so I have now finished the, the well, how was going to say the main story of Pokemon. I guess I finished the main story. And I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I've also finished the epilogue. So I got to the point where I saw the credits and then I went back into the game. And, and speaking of Ryan, you finished Star Wars and then you know, go back in the game and you're like, oh, there's nothing really else left to do. Uh, The credits rolled. I went back in the game and it started this whole other story. There's like two main stories in Pokemon. I was like, what's happening right now? (laughs) And so uh, eventually 
eventually I did manage to finish both the uh, pre and post credit story. And the post credit story ended up taking me somewhere between like five and seven hours, I think. And it would have been a lot like I, I pretty much played through it as fast as you could with a little like, um, I guess, stop in the middle to, to go back to the wild area and try to catch and level some more stuff. Um, because I did finally at that point find that my characters were not necessarily falling behind, but the enemies like the bosses I was battling were within a level or two of my Pokemon. So I was like, oh, man, I really should probably either try to find Pokemon of the right type or level up the ones that I have to the point that, you know, type doesn't matter quite as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So because um, that's how I ended up playing most of the game is I just had a couple Pokemon I really liked and type be damned, you know, like they were in some cases, like 20 levels higher than the boss's Pokemon. So it's like, you know, one-shotting Pokemon. That was not very effective. I'm like, yeah, it was. Oh, it was super effective. (laughs) It was super effective. Good, sir. You uh, keep your opinion to yourself, video game. Yeah, I took all of your your health away with one attack. I would call that effective. (laughs) (laughs) At the very least. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I was really, really surprised because there was like three or four times before the credits where I was like, okay, so this this is it, right? Like, this is the final battle. And then it was like, oh, no, there's more after that. And then, oh, no, there's more after that. So it was very much um, a much longer game than I thought it was going to be. I think overall, I've put like 35 hours into it. And again, I did not do things in the most efficient fashion. I spent a lot of time just wandering around the wild area. So you could absolutely with the right Pokemon, uh, do it quicker than I did. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's the first Pokemon that, uh, Pokemon game that I've played to completion, like to the point where I've got my legendary Pokemon now. So you're, you're a shield a lot of face fun. guy. My shield face wolf guy. Yeah, I finally, mm-hmm. I've, I've got him now. So uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. I'm Still, I had so much fun that I'm going to try to complete my Pokedex. I think I'm only about halfway done. So, oh. yeah, I'm. I think I'm actually going to keep poking around in it because it was a really cool game. I enjoyed it quite a lot. I'm really glad you you liked it because I remember. Um, I wouldn't call it like a pact, but I would say that I remember you and I both bought X and Y uh when it launched on 3ds maybe shortly after it launched we're like yeah we're gonna play pokemon we're gonna play it for the show and i had played pokemon before a big fan as a you know uh i'll I'll say as a kid you know when i was younger uh and i've always wanted to recapture that and i just uh i don't know if it's been just timing or uh, this fall has been bad timing for video games for me but um, and I latched on to, you know, other experiences like Star Wars, but with Pokemon Sword and Shield, I, th- I really want this to be the one that I play because I really dig the aesthetics. You know, the fact that it's very much based on uh, the UK, um, a lot of yes, steampunk. Yeah, the, you know? all the, there's a lot of like very much like UK based architecture and things like you can see a lot of the influence there. There's a lot of influence in the dialogue, too. And I, I really, really enjoyed it just because the setting seemed so like homey and familiar and then there's like this whole town that's like off in this like fairy forest and i'm like yep i would live there (laughs) that would that would be my choice of of location but uh yeah i mean the the storylines were simplistic but uh, that was kind of okay because pokemon just seems like a game for me that i'm not necessarily interested in the stories per se like there were kind of um 
anti-royalty slash also anti-industry or environmental type um, undertones to the stories, but nothing that was really like in your face, like this is complicated in any way, shape or form. So I kind of appreciated that. Um, I don't know, just coming off of some of the other uh, really, really story and lore heavy games that I've been playing lately. It was kind of refreshing to just be like, no, really? And truly, all we want you to do is go catch them all and defeat a bunch of more powerful trainers. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I think after finishing Jedi Fallen Order, uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, I really need something that I can sort of, um, you know, plug away at and just kind of finished piece by piece as opposed to with Jedi Fallen Order. The reason I was able to beat it in a couple of weeks was that every point of free time that I had pre podcast recordings after staying up quite late on a few nights, that's how I, fin I was able to finish it. And it was only like a 15 hour experience. And I really need my next game to be something a little more low key, a little more save whenever I want, sleep the console whenever I want, not having to worry about, oh, let me save type thing. And mm -hmm. I think Pokemon is really where it's at. And and also a game where um, I can engage the kids on as well, because, you know, Caden's a big fan of, of Pokemon. We tried to play Pokemon Let's Go uh, Eevee, and he really liked it. So I want to play I want to play this one uh you know with him and and even abby gets into it too like it's a very colorful game there's a lot of different looking pokemon you know you got the you know you got the sheeps and you got the dogs and the cats and the weird monkeys kids are really into that stuff so yeah it's it's a lot of the pokemon designs have uh like touchstones in the real world and so they are you can relate to them really well and i think the kids would probably really love to just watch you go and, and, and battle them all and stuff. And, and because it's like Pokemon battles, it's not like violent by any real stretch of the imagination. Like nothing bleeds, nothing dies. Like they just, oh, they get sleepy. They faint. They got to go. Yeah. You know, and then they just kind of like shrink down into like a dot of light. And then the next one comes in. So, you know, like it, it is very kid friendly in that way. And uh, I can definitely see the kid appeal to it. Um, mm. But it was it was uh, it, the there was enough depth to it that I, I still maintain, like I was still interested through the whole uh, experience. So I, re I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I, I actually finally, I finished it. I got all the way to getting my legendary Pokemon, which this might also be a spoiler, I guess. I don't know, but you don't actually get the legendary Pokemon until you finish the post credit story. So you have to go through quite a lot of mm. Pokemon before you finally get your legendary. So um, that's kind of why I did it is I was like, well, you know, I, I am having fun in this, but I'm, I really want to get the legendary Pokemon because I want to figure out how to actually be able to, to get one and then trade it to Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I still haven't figured that out. I have, I have the one version that you get as part of the story, but I, I don't know if they show up in the world or what. Oh, but... the legendary Pokemon. Yeah. No, you only get one. Um, oh, so I can't give you a shield one. No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, you, you. So the legendary. So that I guess I should have. We should have confirmed that before we picked our versions. Yeah, you. Uh, you. You. Well, only no, it's get fine because the, the shield. The shield version had the colorful unicorn. So that's I'm, true. I'm that was. The I am breeding them now. So yeah. That, yeah, that's I saw why that, I wanted uh, it. <laughs> tweet or I think it was in Discord, and I'm like. Uh, we might need to send help. You're breeding your Pokemon. That That is a thing in the game, though, I guess I remember. It is, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, 
a way to try to get shinies. So you put two Pokemons in the breeding center and then they pop out eggs and then you carry eggs like you do in Pokemon Go. And then eventually they hatch and they have a chance of being, you know, the stronger versions of those Pokemon or a shiny version. So I'm trying to get a shiny unicorn. Cool. Surprise to no one. I'm no, sure. of course not. <laughs> um, that does not surprise anyone. Now, that, does that Pokemon evolve or? Yes. Okay. So it's a... Uh, Panita and Rapidash are the it's just a different um, model for those two Pokemon but that's what they're called yeah okay really neat because normally they're fiery but in um, Pokemon Shield they're um, like fairy and psychic types instead of uh, instead of a fire type hmm interesting Well, I'm Very. glad you. Uh, I'm glad, yeah, it's sparkly unicorns. Of course, it's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm glad you really enjoyed it, and I'm um excited to to get into it so we can probably talk about it some more down the road. Honestly, I yeah, I think it's because it's on the Switch is why I've actually enjoyed it so much because I use the portability function. I played it in the car. We did a couple of like you're driving out to see family. It takes you know an hour and a half to two hours to get there. So I was playing Pokemon in the car and. It just like there's something about the portability, but the fact that I can also sit on the couch and play it on the big screen like the switch is I I was always a fan after I picked it up. But the more I experience these kind of games, like the more I'm falling in love with the switch, like I really, really do like the portability part of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like you mentioned X, Y with Pokemon. And I'm just like, well, with X and Y. I just never played things on my 3DS that much. But no. the fact that it can switch between being a, like a TV console experience or a portable handheld experience and the, the screens are, are really big, um, I think that's it just makes a really big difference. And, and I'm enjoying that portable gaming experience so much more. So I think Pokemon is great. I've had a lot of fun in it, and uh, yeah, I really can't uh, recommend it enough. It was it was actually a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story, pretty cool game. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And uh, speaking of Switch games, quickly, just a thought popped in my okay. head. Okay. <laughs> uh, I remember not to bring us back to the first part of the conversation that took a little bit longer than planned. Um, but Modern Warfare, I was totally not going to open it. I was just going to return it to EB Games and get like forty five dollars towards Luigi's Mansion Three. So that's all I was going to mm. say. That's I'm, a really good plan. I'm not all, at all interested in great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not at all interested in Modern Warfare. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I, I really want you to finish Luigi's Mansion because there's a part uh, right right near the end that I think that you will really appreciate. It's like it's kind of a story beat. It's kind of an Easter egg. It just it's it's just made me laugh so much. And I, I oh, want you to I get there because I want your experience. I want you to I want you to I want to tell you I want to be like, oh, my God, wasn't that the greatest thing ever? Because it All really right. was. Anyways, I will buy a PS4 Pro so go. I can play Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> so 3. you can play. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you do like the content that we create and you would like to support us, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We are currently looking for our patron to highlight in December. So if you would like to hear your name on the show, go to patreon.com slash the gamers in. You can also go and support our extra life campaign. I'm actually going to be streaming this Saturday, November 28th. Uh, you can find that at twitch.tv slash Joss plays. And if you'd like to support the cause, you can go to bit.ly slash TGI extra life 2019 to see all of our wonderful teammates. We're getting quite close to our goals. So uh, again, 12 hour stream this Saturday, November 30th, probably going to play a lot of dead by daylight. Not going to lie, but um, are you going to be around Ryan? I, I wasn't sure. Cause sea of thieves also got an update. 
You can set things on fire now. Mm, plus a purple including monkey. Including your ship and other players. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be around in the evening. Uh, similar to, to previous uh, streams you've you've headlined. Awesome. So yeah, I'll be around in the evening. Let's burn things. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> Let's burn burninate the coast or whatever. Yep. <laughs> so uh, our topic, of, that brings us to our topic of the week this week. Uh, it's going to be pretty short because uh, I haven't had too much time to play. And also the show is running really, really long for some reason. But yeah, it's PS4 fault. Yeah, it's, yeah it's I'm going to blame PS4. <laughs> uh, so basically, I, I had mentioned when we were talking about um, the Game Awards that I'm going to be trying some of the Game of the Year nominees from there, including Control. So um, this is going to be kind of like a little bit of a little mini series that we do heading up to the end of the year but uh yeah so i got in and i tried control i've only played the like very very beginning of it um obviously with you know playing so much pokemon this last week i haven't had as much time since i thought i was gonna have more time and then i got to the credits and i'm like yeah i'm done pokemon wait i'm not done pokemon <laughs> so you can you can blame pokemon for my lack of control <laughs> hey. but uh I did. Okay, so I started the game. Mm -hmm. And first of all, so I'm playing on PC because it's a is it still an Epic Store exclusive? Yeah, it is. I don't yeah. know how how long that is, though. I don't know how much longer that lasts. Yeah, but right now you can only get it on the Epic Store. So I got it on the Epic Store. I'm playing on PC. I tried mouse and keyboard and it was so jarring. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I could not. Um, I couldn't move well. It seemed like my character, even without pressing the shift button, was running all the time. Hmm. So it was like really hard to, uh, and I know she wasn't running all the time because then I did press the shift button and she went even faster, but it would seem like it would only take her like two or three steps to get to the other side of a room, which then made it really hard to do like slow, fine movements and like navigate around like desks and chairs and stuff. I was bumping into things all the time and like, oh, my, I, I really didn't like it. It was super jarring. Right. Then I switched to controller and that actually made a big difference. Then it started to run really smoothly. Then I could kind of, um, it was like a gradient of speed well, as yeah, opposed you've... to just like on off, like W yes is down or no, it's not like yeah. there was a little bit of, um, I had the ability to control my character a little bit better. And that's when I started to really enjoy being in the game. But I will say like, okay, I am intrigued personally because i like stories that are mysterious that and give you yeah they give you a lot of information kind of right at the start but that you know are still like take you on a journey and somewhere you may not be able to necessarily predict like i like i guess intelligent games like games that try to to trick you and and have some mystery to them and stuff like that so it's intriguing me. I want to know more, but I could see how the first hour or so of the game would turn a lot of people off because the story is so obscured from you. They drop you right in and they're like, they give you very minimal information. And as you're walking through, like shit gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, oh my God, I, like I say, I'm intrigued, but oh man, I could, I have no idea what's, I don't know what's happening. This <laughs> and game. So I've gotten to the point where like I've met somebody in the company mm -hmm. and it gave me the option of talking to her again. 
and like asking some questions and then that started to clear things up a little bit and i'm like okay i have a better idea of like where i am now but there's a definite like super creepy factor as well as like an extra dimensional factor to this game that is right up my alley so i really like this but uh, the first hour i was like what even is going on <laughs> it, it gets weirder for a while before it gets uh more uh i, I don't want to say grounded but it starts to fill in the blanks right so there's pull, a lot of blanks right now <laughs> yeah they're literally you'll pick up you know dossiers and files sort of the collectibles of the world and they're they're redacted you know mm -hmm. uh and sometimes for comedic effect other times because they're literally referencing products and and, and projects and people that are uh class that you haven't met yet yeah. yeah and uh the way the the way the game progresses is that it what I, I'm not, I haven't beaten it. I played a little bit of it this week to kind of, you know, refresh my Reacquaint mind. Reacquaint yourself? <laughs> yeah, because I played it at launch and kind of dropped dropped off on it because just there was so much other games going on at that point. But I really like it. It's by Remedy, the guys behind Quantum Break uh, and Alan Wake. Uh, Quantum Break was a game that we really, really liked on oh, this show. Oh, loved. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and that's why I said we were talking, you know, during the week, you were saying Outer Worlds or Control, and I'm like, I know you technically have Outer Worlds, but by control, you're really going to like it, you know, and uh, I think the story, you know, once you get moving with that story and you start to unlock new areas and, uh, you know, get the get the hang of the combat and unlock uh, more of the combat, I'll say, uh, it really all starts to click and you feel super powerful and um, the conversations you have with characters are also really cool, like, it's a great way to learn more about these characters is just to engage with them and ask questions. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really been one of my favorite parts is just to kind of set the controller down and just listen to the dialogue as they kind of talk about this world as if I should know what they're talking about. That's the greatest part. Yeah. Like, they don't even treat they... you like an idiot. They're just like, oh, yeah, that thing with the stuff. And, you know, that. And it's uh, <laughs> it's really fascinating. Yeah, it's like the the way that this game seems to be written is that it just drops you in and talks to you as if you've been living in that world for your whole life. Mm -hmm. So it like it doesn't necessarily say like sometimes they'll use acronyms, but they do things properly. Like they'll say the full name of something and then it's just the acronym from then on. <laughs> like tell me the name once and then I'm not going to say the, the whole big long thing every time. I'm just going to do acronyms and... It's like because they assume, again, like you've lived in the game the whole time and then they'll be like referencing events or talking to you like you actually understand like their corporate speak and, you know, like, oh, there was a this and this and this event and then that happened and blah, 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 as if you're familiar with everything already. And it's great because you're right. It doesn't feel dumbed down in any way. It's like it makes me think and it's kind of hard to keep up but not necessarily in a frustrating way for me because I like that style mm -hmm. but if you like a style of game where it's more you know you're going from point A to point B and everything's explained as you go and that is not this game this game is all over the place in a good way for me but probably a bad way for a lot of other people I, uh, man I could see if you like the the explanations then the way this game works, it would be it would just turn you off right away because you basically like you walk into this building that says like Federal Bureau of Control, like it looks very FBI like and you walk into this building 
And then she says some line along the lines of, I've been looking for this place my entire life. And I'm like, did you see the sign? Like it says Federal Bureau of Control. How did you not know? Like, <laughs> like that, just that combination of events doesn't make any sense. And then they end up explaining things a little bit later on. But it's just like, it's things like that, that if that frustrates you or confuses you, then you won't like the way that this story is told. Yeah. But it, I think it's super compelling. And I love how they seem to have mixed together elements of like physics and science, but also paranormal. And I'm getting like, because essentially the, the office of the Federal Bureau of Control is constantly like changing and moving around, which gives me vibes of like Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is um, a board game that I really like to play, which basically it's one of those like the board game's different every time and you basically like build the house different every time based on, you know, just the, the random draw of board tiles. And that's like, I, I love that game. It's one of my favorite board games. I think I've talked about it on the show before. And so this is giving me that vibes. It's like you go through a door and you think that you're going one place, but then it's actually something different. And you're like, uh oh, <laughs> I just oh, man. Yeah, I uh, oh, it's checking all my boxes so far, except uh, it is a shooter. We should yeah. say like very early on, like you get the gun. It's a big story point, And then you pretty much immediately start shooting things. And this is where the kind of horror creep factor comes in because you've got all of these bodies like hanging up in the air, immobilized somehow. You're not sure if they're dead. You're not sure if they're alive. And then all of a sudden they start shooting at you. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it was it was very, very creepy. They move in kind of a reanimated corpse zombie kind of way, but they're not zombies. They're like possessed. Like they're oh man, they're just it's just really, really cool. Mm -hmm. But it is, um, I couldn't find or at least wasn't prompted to set a difficulty setting. Um, I haven't had trouble so far, but it's been um, pretty like standard basic shooter combat. So I don't know, like Ryan, you've played further and you said that eventually yeah. you gain more powers and stuff. Is it still kind of like shootery? Like how would you really describe combat? Because combat does seem fairly important to yeah. the game so far combat is well combat is very important um it, it's very much like quantum break where you you are running into these arenas and fighting different types of enemies what i will and say then you get a little kind of a break to explore because there are mm -hmm. a lot of collectibles i i've been finding like there's lots of like you said the dossiers and stuff yeah and a lot of like live action movies and which are fantastic uh with uh, i think one of the one of the characters, I think his name is Darling. He's the guy with, he's the scientist guy. I think he's the only one that appears in sort of the live action sort of snippets. Um, but what I'll say about the combat is it, there is all, a lot of combat and uh, there is a lot of gunplay, but you are given, you know, more abilities to sort of um, augment the way you sort of come uh, come across these problems and, and you can approach battles in different ways. And um, Okay, so it's not just like straight up gun shooter no, the whole time. No, you, you get one gun and that gun, uh, you know, you upgrade and sort of you know, change over the course of time. I don't know how much details you want, but like you are on. Yeah, the... not too many details because I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much. No, but... but you're on the precipice of sort of experiencing exactly what combat is in control. What you've got right now is just 
just scratching the surface. It's that is the bare minimum. That is the first building block. You're about to discover a whole new bucket of Lego. So just uh, okay, hang tight. <laughs> very very cool. So so yeah, I'll give uh, probably more in depth thoughts on Control next week. But um, yeah, I did want to uh, at least mention that yeah, I have started trying some of those uh, game of the year nominees. So I will be playing Control. I will be playing um, Outer Worlds. But uh, yeah, I'll have more in-depth thoughts on Control next week and then probably uh, touch on Outer Worlds after that. So uh, if you guys want to join the conversation and talk to us about either your thoughts on Control or some of the other Game of the Year nominees, if you think I should have gone to Outer Worlds first, uh, do join the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com or visit us on the web. You can visit us at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Plays. Ryan is Nar Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. So thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Here we go!